Listen, I did film and television studies at university for three years. I spent hours reading countless books and articles on subjects spanning from film all the way to television. Not a single one mentioned Hugh Grant once. I achieved the hardest qualification across any university or college ever, a 2-1 in history. Let me tell you, the only thing that I learned was that we, as a society, have a history of denying and neglecting Hugh Grant's artistic and cultural relevance, not just in this country, but in the entire world. I met Oscar at a Hugh Grant-themed event I put on at the Students' Union. It felt as though Diggory and I were the only ones there, and we agreed that there was a Hugh Grant-shaped hole in academia. We decided to put it right ourselves. We want to show people that he's an icon in acting. We want to show people he's more than just a bumbling posh guy. I'm Diggory Waite. And I'm Oscar Beardmore Gray. And, and this, this is... Taking Hugh for granted. Hello and welcome to Taking Hugh for Granted, the podcast in which two Hugh Grant enthusiasts watch every single film starring Hugh Grant in the attempt to answer the simple question, is this film taking Hugh for granted? Is this film good on its own or does it rely on the bumbling Brit for its acclaim? I'm Diggory Waite and I'm joined as always by my colleague and fellow Hugh Grant obsessive Oscar Beardmore Grey. Oscar, how the bloody hell are you doing today mate? Feeling a, a little deflated, Diggory, I think, uh, mm. as you are. We, we just spent uh, 20 minutes uh, talking about England's loss in, in the Euro 2020 final. Uh, time of recording. Uh, yes. The Monday after, the, the day after, and uh, obviously mm. being Englishmen, we came out on the losing side. We certainly did. But, uh, well done to the Italians. Um, actually, on the, on the bus home, there was, a, there was a group of Italians playing music. And obviously, our mantra in the UK has been, it's coming home. And they were chanting, it's co- it's going Rome. Um, <laughs> and uh, and uh, yeah, and so a woman was very, very angry with them and not very happy. And as she got off the bus, she was like, the only thing that should be going home is you. You've had your fun enough. Uh, yeah, I won't say that what, the rest of what she said. Um but yes, it was uh, that was a that was a long bus journey. Let me tell you that. But fair play to them, um, and yeah, commiserations to us and all the other English fans out there. Yeah, I was watching with a, a group of not even Italians, Spanish and French mm. people who hate England, so therefore we're supporting yep. Italy. And it was, I don't think I normally watch those games with people who aren't supporting England. So it was a little mm. bit. It was sad, but hey ho. Yeah, it's not surprising. I saw a map of Europe last night and. Over every country was the Italian flag, except England, and it had the England flag. <laughs> and I feel that that accurately. I mean, quite simply, we suck. We are, we are like our fans suck. We suck. Everyone hates England, and I so I, I feel like you know, we yeah, that's what you there's expect. A, there's a lot to hate apart from our players at the moment. Yeah. Oh God. Yeah, I love those guys and the manager. We like him, even though you know people may say, oh, you know, he did this wrong, he did that wrong. Gareth Southgate's a legend. The players are all absolute kings. Um, but our fan base sucks. Our country and our government sucks. Um, so <laughs> Say it how it is, Diggs. Why would you not hate England? Particularly after Brexit. And then, we, then we're still swanning into the European Cup being like, well, hey, let's go. We'd love to win this. No. Um, anyway, there you are. Uh, blimey. Sorry, everyone, because th- 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 there will be English fans or English people listening to this, and they'll, they will have forgotten about this. It will have gone out of their brains. And four weeks later, we come along and we just dredge up all these horrible memories of how we lost. Um, so let's move swiftly on and talk about the film today. 
An Awfully Big Adventure. An Awfully Big Adventure, directed by Mike Newell and released in 1995. In 1947, a naive teenage girl named Stella, played by Georgina Cates, joins a shabby theatre troupe in Liverpool. The company, led by the mean-spirited but flamboyant Meredith Potter, played by Hugh Grant, put on a production of Peter Pan. After P.L. O'Hara, played by Alan Rickman, joins the cast as Captain Hook, Stella quickly becomes entangled in the theatre's web of sexual politics and intrigue. So, Oscar, an awfully big adventure. What were your initial thoughts? My initial thoughts is that this film should be renamed to either an awfully big disaster or an awfully shite adventure. <laughs> because when you, me, when you sent me a text saying an awfully shite adventure, I did laugh out loud. I think that's perfect. Ah, <laughs> uh, you know what, Diggs? This is not good, but we go we go through the films, and each time I'm like, this could be the worst Hugh Grant film ever. <laughs> this I know. this might have trumped our. What, what did we say was the worst? What, what, did we say our sons was the worst? No, we didn't. I liked our sons. Our sons was all right. Well, we, we, obviously we are uh, the, Bengali, the Bengali, Bengali night. That sucks. That sucks. But this this was pretty bad, mainly because. I mean, there was just nothing about this film. Mm. There was it, it go it drones on and on and on and on. There's mm. not really any plot or anything that keeps you interested whatsoever. Yeah. It has Hugh Grant. It has Alan Rickman. So from mm. that point of view, you should be jazzed and ready to go. And to be honest, they were both actually quite good, mm. and the mm. film was still terrible. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I can't. You put it. You put it absolutely perfectly. I just kept thinking to myself, "What is the hook? Like, what? It, which is also uh, that is no pun intended, because obviously Alan Rickman. This <laughs> it, it's a film about a theatre company, and they're putting on Peter Pan. And I'm saying, you know, what is the hook? Alan Rickman plays uh, Captain Hook and Hugh Grant. But like that was good. And Hugh Grant at the end, that was good. Oh my god, that was great. Uh, it almost makes you want him to be. Hook in he would be amazing as Hook if they really did Peter Pan and they made it really like Paddington two esque. He would be brilliant. That would be incredible. Oh, that's another one to put on what we'd love him to do. Mm. But this film just has no hook. It's like we think about some of the other films that we've reviewed recently. We just said one, Our Sons. You know, uh, a a man has AIDS. Another his boyfriend wants to tell his mum. You know, he's a strange mum or whatever, and like that's that's the hook. It's like, oh, what's going to happen there? The, like, what is the hook in this film? <laughs> there is no hook because we there actually. There is no hook. I mean, we'll talk about it a little bit later, but the one sort of bombshell that comes in this mm. film literally comes in at like an hour forty-five, and at yeah. that point, yeah. I've pretty much fallen asleep. I want to read you just a review that I found on IMDb, oh, which I please. think... This is from 2001, by the way. So this is a 20-year-old mm. review. Stands out pretty well. Um, they, they title it, The Worst Film I Have Ever, capitals, Had the Misfortune to Sit Through. I remember going to see An Awfully Big Adventure. It's an experience that has remained with me ever since because it is so horrifyingly awful. <laughs> Possibly intended as some whimsical and poignant look at the theatre of yesteryear, this is a film that fails to engage on any level... Believe me, I'm much up for a piece of heavy cinema as the next art house fancier, but this really is pushing the levels of my patience. 
As one of my usually well-behaved friends said, when will this dirge end? The problem is that nothing happens, and by the, by the time it does, you've lost all interest and possibly the will to live. I think that sums it up pretty well, basically. That's exactly right. But also, it, it's almost so shit, it's confusing. Mm. I, like, like, it's so weird. The, the film, particularly like the first hour or so, is just these like, it's this girl joining the theatre and these small little, vi- almost like vignettes, like these little, little so, tiny scenes. It's like episodic in a, in a way. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And she'll speak to this person and then suddenly the scene will just, just abruptly end. Well, they're halfway through a conversation and then she'll be somewhere else and you're like, okay, what's going on? And it's and then she, now a new one started and nothing ties these things together. There's no there's, like you say. There's no hook. There's no underlying plot. It's an awfully shite adventure. There's just like no other way to put it. You put it perfectly. Peter Pan is pure make believe. I don't want any truck with anything else. So children, unformed people, if you can't see the truth. Give me make-believe. I prefer it. So don't give me any symbolic... Oh! I think another thing that... From reading reviews and stuff that pissed people off about his film is that it sort of lulled them into a a false sense of security because, um, importantly, this film was directed by Mike Newell, who Mm. is of Four Weddings and a Funeral fame and, you know, gave Hugh his big break. So Mm. a lot of people came to the cinema the following year expecting more of the same and what they got is something decidedly different this is like a sort of twisted incestual disturbing film in some ways yeah. it's very dark yeah. and it doesn't yeah it's not really meant I, I don't know if there's meant to be comedy but the comedy if it if there is any is very very subtle and it's very black yeah and yeah it it, it i mean it's apples and oranges isn't it comparing four weddings and this and i think from what i from what i could gather there was a lot of like kind of press around the film uh that sort of tried to get the 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 crowd who went to watch four weddings to come Mm. and watch this you know you got alan rickman you got hugh grant top billing and then you Mm. get in the cinema and you've got two hours of sort of dark comedy which isn't even comedy um and i mean it reflected in the box office i think the budget was four million and they recuperated half half a million or something like that so it was a bit of a disaster (laughs) oh god i mean it's yeah i don't know i you the the films are so night and day and it's so it's weird because they just they just finished four weddings and funeral i don't think they took a break that's what i i understand they basically went straight from making that into making this and similarly with Four Weddings and a Funeral, they did it so fast. They like filmed over like 30 days or something. And, and a, apparently Hugh Grant was saying like, you know, every, you wouldn't be like almost every day, Mike, you'll be going, shit, how are we going to do this? And it would like, you know, it would be like, because the, the mad rushes. And there was even one scene that still made it into the film where they couldn't film, you know, usually actors, you film like me speaking, then you speaking, and you can like cut between the two. So it's like shows your face. They just had to put them up against a wall and film all four of them at the same time. It's all they had time to do. Like this was apparently a similar, they had to like rush everything. And I wonder whether that also took its toll you know they've just come off a really like hard shoot with that where it's like really quick and had to do it really fast similarly with this but like it just it just feels like four winners in a funeral is just a nice normal comedy 
you know, which is just so pleasant and like nothing with the direction, nothing with any acting, fine. And this is just the complete opposite. Just like batshit, off the wall. It feels like this horrible art house film that's really dark, not funny at all, non consensual. And mm. the thing is, right, is I don't want to come away and be like, you know, because there's a lot of weird sexual non and a lot of like non consensual activity that's going on here, which obviously is very off putting and disturbing. But like, you know, sometimes there are films where the and this takes place and films have to depict that, which is fine. I'm not saying I'm not going to be like, oh, every film that has that in because, you know, you need to tell these stories, all that sort of stuff. This film, though, it's not it's, that it just feels weird and out of and sometimes out of place. It just happens at randomly with there's this girl and like random people that she bet like we have no establishment of who they are, how she's met them. Just suddenly just take her hand. Mm. It, I, I don't want to go too much into it. It's just so bizarre and it's so off putting. And this and if that's meant to be funny, I don't know if it's meant to be dark. It has no meaning behind the darkness. There's mm. no, there's no like reason for it, and so you're just left there going, "Okay, I feel uncomfortable, sad, and annoyed now." And this film, this is not, it's not a good viewing experience. I'm not entertained, and I'm not my no thoughts are provoked. Where do we stand? This is just shit. Well, you're listening to Hugh Grant taking Hugh for granted on the radio. Hugh Grant taking Hugh for granted. Oh, the podcast show. But to the man of the hour, Oscar, mm. what about, I mean, we've talked about a lot of the shit stuff in this film, but what about Hugh Grant? Well, I mean, the irony of this film is that it's it's really bad, but Hugh is actually pretty good, I think. Great. I mean, yeah. which, is, which at least makes it worth watching for us as Hugh Grant fans. I mean, he is brilliant whenever we watch these old films because you see the parts of his acting that are still reflected now because this film mm. basically he's playing um, a theater sort of tycoon director who is really a terrible person he's a, he's awful to everyone he treats people like absolute shit um mm. he seems almost sort of like bipolar in his in his moods he's sort of you know mm. he's shouting at people one moment and then he's being really nice to them the next mm. um and he he he's got like some really great costumes on he's got like he wears like this crocodile hat at one point and he looks very (laughs) suave and he wears like a a little monocle eyeglass thing and i mean he yeah he he plays that kind of villain horrible nasty guy Mm. incredibly well Mm. Mm. absolutely yeah it kind of and also he kind of reminded me of his character in um restoration a little bit maybe because of the costumes and stuff Mm. and because he's a bit like his character's a bit flamboyant um and stuff he's constantly smoking but yeah he's he's a bully he's a mean mean bastard but he plays it so well and then at the end he even gets to show a bit off a bit of his acting chops um where yeah he he has to fill in for captain hook when unfortunately alan rickman's character um meets his end which i'm sure we'll talk about in a bit but um, was there a scene in particular of Hughes that was your favourite, perhaps? Yes, definitely, Diggs. There was a it was a great scene um, towards the end of the film, so we had to wait a while for it. But mm. there, there's a football match, which I think this is the first <laughs> time that Hugh is depicted playing football, which I think is quite mm. amusing. Offside, offside, back there. Offside. 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 
first thing an actor must learn is humility, Geoffrey. Remember? Thank you, John. I might have missed it. Geoffrey, leave it. Yes. And I, it's just, I think in any film, if Hugh got biffed in the nose, he would react exactly <laughs> how he does in this film, where he sort of like yeah. falls on the floor and then he's like, it's all about him. He's like, oh my God. Oh. Yeah, yeah, like, yeah. Oh, his nose is bleeding just a little bit. And he's like, you know, being the biggest drama queen you've ever seen. You all right? I fainted, I think. Oh, God. I fainted. The pain was excruciating. So I did the best thing I could think of and I... I fainted. Get me my coat, Bunny. Jeffrey's got to go. Get me my coat, Bunny! Oh, it's so good. And like, he almost looks like a Renaissance painting, you know, like a woman strewn across the floor with his hand above his head. And he, he just looks he just looks amazing. And like you say, I mean, drama queen is exactly the right the right phrase for it. That's exactly what he looks like. Again, one for, for us to, to tick off the list. It's great to see some of, you know, some, a great set piece like that. Hugh being biffed. Uh, and uh, it was thoroughly enjoyable well yeah I mean it's just a shame that it was basically the only good scene of the film but another thing I did want to talk about briefly Mm. is it's interesting again that we have Hugh Grant referring to a character as Bunny yes yes I did notice that that's very very weird another one for the universe so I think that is remind me yeah I think that's the third time but remind me what other things he says bunny in a very I think a very English scandal and Florence yes he says that's it that's it and it's always this sort of term that's why so Bunny. bunny to him yeah and so he it's so weird like the way he says bunny as well is always it now just feels like it's, yeah, it's almost like it was like his nickname at boarding school or something, you know, or, <laughs> oh, God, or some, yeah. or some yeah. like tra- traumatic experience that he witnessed yeah. of some kid getting bullied and he was called Bunny or something. It almost feels like, I mean, this is a deep dive and a deep pull. So if anyone recognizes what I'm talking about here, do you, did you watch Doctor Who? This, like when it, when it revamped and it was like Christopher Eccleston and stuff? Not really. There was this there was this phrase that they kept saying in a few episodes here and there and like and they they just sowed the seeds so well and then eventually like in the last episode of that series it was like guess what bad wolf means this and it means that you know shit shit's about to happen and blah 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 it was crazy it kind of feels like bunny is like that with Hugh Grant films and like it feels like you you, know, you hear whispers of bunny here and bunny there and I just feel like his last film maybe he's gonna be like. Bunny was this all along, and it was like this crazy. It was like, yeah, yeah I feel, I feel like you know. So I, I don't know if this is true, but like, it's a bit like you know, um, with uh, Simon Pegg and what's his face, yes, who like, yes. you know, they put uh, a motif or something throughout their movies yes. and see if you can swat, uh, spot it, like Where's Wally kind of thing. And with exactly. you, it's yeah, like the cornettos, yeah, yeah, exactly. Bunny it could be it, and he like sprinkles it throughout his films. Look over there, Hugh Grant's in a prep. Look over there, he's holding a baguette. Another interesting person we want to talk about, Alan Rickman, Mm. the man, the myth, the legend, RIP. Indeed. What do we think of Alan Rickman in this film? He plays such a weird role. He's drafted in to play Captain Hook, like halfway through the film. And he's like one of the only guys that can stand up to Hugh Grant. And Alan Rickman, so... The girl in this is like a 16-year-old, which also, interestingly, the person that plays her, Georgina Cates, 
originally auditioned for this film, her name was actually Claire Woodgate. And she auditioned as Claire. And Claire was like 20, 21 or something. She auditioned and they turned her down. So she went home, dyed her hair red, like created this person called Georgina Cates, this like 16 Liverpudlian girl. And then she went back to the casting thing and they cast her. And so she changed her name to Georgina Cates as a result. And so that's how her acting career began. How mad is that? So that's really cool, to be fair, from that actor. Mm. But another weird thing is, so she plays obviously this like 16 year old who's just joined the, um, who's just joined this theatre company. Alan Rickman takes a shine to her and they start having a relationship, which is weird already, you know, it's not great. Uh, and Alan Rickman apparently was really annoyed uh, to find out that Georgina Cates had lied about her age because she was in her early 20s, but stated, as, a, as I say, she was 16. And in order to land the role of Stella, because he'd gone out of his way to be extremely gentle around her during the, like, the intimate scenes because of her age. And only, it was like on the last day of filming, they were like, oh, she was, you know, she's not actually 16. And he was like, well, this feels weird now. Anyway, which, which adds to the sort of, I'm, I can't think of a better way of putting it. Fucked up nature of this film. It's mm. just weird. It's just fucked up. So they have this strange, strange relationship. And um, basically, I mean, long story short, the. <laughs> oh, God. It's so odd, isn't it? How, yes. I, it was uh, such a what, bombshell because. It was such a bombshell. I mean, basically, to be frank about it, Alan Rickman finds out that the girl he's sleeping with is his daughter. <laughs> yeah, which, it's just fucking weird. Which it's just crazy, and it, yeah, th- through the weirdest way. And I, I, again, I had to like pause the film. I was like, surely not, surely not. And it's because of like a picture he sees and blah blah blah. But and you just think, okay, this is just weird. And, and Alan Rickman clearly thinks so too. And he like storms off. It's almost it feels like something out of Wuthering Heights. He like goes up out to the to to the uh, to the port side to the harbour. He's like. And then he, this is very, very, this is very on the nose. He starts like walking up a plank, ladies and gentlemen. He starts walking up a plank and slips on it. And then uh, goes in the water and, and drowns. And like sees a quick vision of his, you know, of the woman and her child before he dies. I loved, I don't know why, I loved the scene in which he hit his head. I just watched that really? like over and over again. There's something about the way that it's shot and it's edited so quickly. It's like, it's like he slips, then it, the camera, like, it, it's so quick. There's like, like four shots in quick succession. I know I've taken this really seriously, but it's so interesting. Like, listen to the sound he makes when he hits his head. It's like, I like, Went and watched it really slowly, and it's just his face like ooh, going really close to it. It's it's an amazing. It's just a piece of cinematic. Well, it's, you know, it's interesting that you wonder. talk about. I mean, just small shots in a film in a film yes. that you really like because mm. I think that this film people have come back to it because apparently it's on TikTok. Now. Yes. Oh yes, because because I saw in the comments on YouTube, everyone's obsessed with Alan Rickman. Everyone. Yeah, everyone... it's like people are just here for TikTok. Or yeah, 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 like exactly. So, so I wonder how that got out there. I think it might be like the 
you know, you know, in the way that like we, ha- we there's like the Hugh Grant Morris shot fan where, cams. Yeah, it's like the yeah, fan yeah. cam shots, and this is there's yes. a fan cam in this film because to be fair, Alan Rickman, like people are like dark horse Alan Rickman, what a fucking great looking bloke in this yeah. film. Like to be fair, he's looking pretty decent in this film, and I guess most people just know him as Severus Snape. So, yeah, yeah. so they yeah, don't, exactly. you know, he's not exactly like the best looking bloke there. So the looker, but this one, obviously, you know, he gets his. He gets his top off, you know, he's in bed with... It can't be hot, though, the person who he's in bed with. It's just weird. Mm. Um, Talking but, of Severus Snape, though, it is kind of funny that in this film, uh, Hugh Grant's character is called Meredith Potter. And so he does say Potter yes, a few he times. Yes, he does. He does indeed, which yeah. Is, which is quite, it's quite fun. Exactly, very, very fun. I'm just trying to look... I'm just going to look here for some of these um, Alan Rickman things. Um People only just realising how attractive Alan Rickman was. This man was straight fire and always was. It's weird, like, gatekeeping how hot you found him. I love how there's just this new wave of Alan Rickman fans and everyone is horny, (laughs) says someone else. Um, Who else has been a simp of Alan for a while? (laughs) Sounds like a podcast opportunity. Yeah, exactly. Oh, my God. Yes, definitely. You're so right. It's a new untapped market. What's the... What what do we... um, Yeah, what's the title, though? It's going to be hard, that one. Hmm. Get the Alan Rickshaw. The Rick... Rickshaw. Get Alan Rickman rolled. I don't know. Get get Rickman. <laughs> get Alan Rickman. Get Alan Rickman. Um Oh my god, there's some horrible ones. I can't actually read that out. I, I will for you. Stella can literally call him daddy. Oh god. <laughs> oh god. <laughs> I love this one from Olivia. He's so fine, it's ridiculous. She doesn't even say who he's talking. It's literally this. Actually, this whole comment section. They don't even need to say his Is name. This, are, you on t- are you on TikTok or just on YouTube? I'm just on the YouTube video. I oh god, this one. I know he'd be packing. <laughs> 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 who knew? This is incredible. Oh my word. Well, you know what? I this makes me rate this film a lot more <laughs> now I'm starting to think actually was this a great film if you just view it for an Alan Rickman lens yes, exactly. maybe it is maybe it's the best film ever yeah uh, but that so Alan Rickman being hot as fuck Hugh Grant being funny and Alan Rickman's death scene which actually I'm going to rate it spoiler alert for Harry Potter fans I'm going to rate it maybe I loved his scene when Snape died and I might even rate this on a par <laughs> it, it's just as emotionally like uh, intense and amazing um, I also think that Hugh Grant and, and and Alan Rickman actually had a couple of like quite cool scenes together. Like there was yeah. one scene where like Severus Severus Snape, Alan Rickman <laughs> was like close to the camera and Hugh was in the background mm, and they were kind yeah. of like talking with, with with each other. And I that thought was that was cool. cool. It was. And, and Hugh like whipped out a few like cool accents with him and like yeah. there was like this definitely this rivalry. Now I'm like bigging up the film because it was still terrible. Oh, but, like, it was awful. that was. Yeah, but now I'm loving it. <laughs> All of a sudden, the more we talk about it. Yeah, I, I love that bit. And also, yeah, he was like, because he sort of, yeah, because then Alan challenges him being like, you're being really mean to that guy. And yeah, then and then he's he, like, mate, you're non, sleeping non-consensual with a minor. sex. Yeah. That's not cool. That's not cool. And it's like, ooh. He's like, you wouldn't, you wouldn't dare. <laughs> Our new celebrity. Yes. God damn it. Great stuff. Turn to page three hundred ninety-four. <laughs> so good. Taking he for granted. Taking he for granted. Taking he for granted. What did you think, lads? Were they taking he for granted? Right, Oscar. We got to that time. 
Uh, we've strangely we're coming into this. Uh, I thought I knew where we, we would land on this film, but we're coming into it actually on a jolly note on this film. Mm. Are we taking Hugh for granted? Hmm. I. Yeah. What? No. No way. I. I think. <laughs> We are we are not taking you for granted. You're fucking kidding me. <laughs> I think you know what? I, I I the last ten minutes have convinced me otherwise. What is going on? Yeah. You know what? If you just take the film out of it, you take the script, <laughs> you take if you take the film out of it, Hugh Grant is great in this uh, film. And Alan Rickman is really good as well. It's true. So I think if you if you if you only watched it for Alan Rickman and Hugh Grant, you're coming away actually all right. Like, oh my word! I'm yeah. just gonna leave it at that because otherwise I'm gonna change my mind. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Oh mate, I can't believe this is happening. I mean, because I, I do. You know, we're on this same wave together. I do feel this weird now love of it because, like you say, if you just take the film out of it and you just now watch it for the fan cam that it is of Alan Rickman, it's bloody brilliant. Um, but no, I'm gonna stick to my guns here. Fucking shit film. Um, <laughs> confu- like so bad that it's confusing at the beginning. Um, and not in like a good way, not like when you're watching Moon or, I don't know, Ex Machina or something, you know, watching it and you're like, oh, I don't really know what's going on, but isn't this enticing? It's just shit. Uh, there's no <laughs> hook. Um, a lot of the acting is bad. I know it's supposed to be in areas, but a lot of it is really bad. Um, Hugh Grant is great, sure. Alan Rickman's hot as fuck. Yeah, love you, daddy. But apart from that, um, the film sucks. It's a weird vibe with no reason or fun to it. Um, and I think it should be uh, confined. The problem is I won't say it should be locked away and confined and never seen again by anyone because we want the fan cam. We want to see Alan packing <laughs> Daddy Rickman in it. So, um, so yeah, we can't we can't be too mean about it. And actually, this really does bump it up quite high now. I think Bengali Night still rubbish. Uh, Restoration still crap. This is quite a few films above that. Actually, we'll have to reevaluate the list. So there you go. There we go. I mean, I I can't say I disagree with you, but I'm. I'm Stick it's, to a guns, split de- it's a split decision. If, yeah. Believe it or not. Listen, the TikTok fam, they're gonna love us for that. They'll be like, they yeah, are. fair well, enough, fair enough. We need to put. We'll post our episode in 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 the chat on YouTube, and yes. uh, it's gonna pop off. Oh, I hope so. I hope so. Yeah, guys, thank you so much. If you've just come from there, hello. <laughs> We're calling you out. If it's you, Olivia. <laughs> I just read your comment off. Um, hello, and uh, yeah, please do stick around. And also, if you're into TikTok and all that stuff, why don't you follow us on some of the other social medias? At Taking Hugh for Granted on Facebook and Instagram. At Taking Hugh on Twitter. Maybe we'll post some Alan Rickman fan cams for you on there. How about that? <laughs> Most of the fan cams we've got are Hugh Grant, but maybe we can make an exception. That's fine. For you i believe so and i mean to be honest we we should probably get into the tiktok world but we haven't dealt mm. i feel like that is opening a can of worms it certainly is I, I let me tell you right now i follow a lot of hugh grant accounts on there already hugh talk is already doing some great work out there um <laughs> shout out to you hugh talk yeah <laughs> there's already some great stuff on there and i know that um super fan mary fran is already on top of a lot of that stuff um uh, mary's out there liking all that stuff she knows what's up and so, yeah, check out Hugh Grant TikTok. It is a thing. It's people filming him in Pret. It's people making fan cams, uh, all that sort of stuff. People pretending to be him, as we've seen from that guy, pretends to be him and Kieran Knightley. Um, there's a whole range of content on there. And yeah, maybe we've got to dip our toes in there and mm. see what we can find. How exciting. 
Well, well, it's a good point to leave the episode, I think. I think so. It's a big, big thank you to everyone who listened, and a big thank you to you, as always, Diggory. Oh, thanks, mate. Big thank you to you as well. I hope um, I hope we've made ourselves feel a little bit better about England. <laughs> I feel better. I feel better. I feel better now I've seen Daddy Alan Rickman. <laughs> what a perfect place to end. Goodbye, everyone. Bye. Taking Hugh for Granted is produced, edited, and presented by Diggory Waite and Oscar Beardmore Gray. The producers of Taking Hugh for Granted would like to state that this podcast is in no way associated with the actor Hugh John Mungo Grant, nor does it endorse his views or represent him in any way. Instead, by creating this podcast, Oscar and Diggory hope to celebrate Hugh's illustrious career, reliving his old classics and shedding light on some of his hidden gems. Hugh. If you're listening, we hope you approve.